0: what's up beautiful people nice. welcome back to the podcast uh we are so excited because we have one of our favorite people in the world on the podcast <laughs> today and it's in person it's not yes. even a zoom it's like live you got wow off of a plane. that is a
1: big introduction it's, <laughs> it's
0: so true what time you got up you left at what time this morning
1: your time, 4.30 So yeah.
0: that's 5.30 your time, right? Because you're in yes. Charlotte, right? Yes, yes. So, yes. But I was up at 4 a.m., which means yeah.
1: 3 a.m. your time. Wow. A long day for you. But it's so, so worth it.
0: It is so worth it. You get to come at, well, I mean, you guys have great fall seasons where you are. Yes. We came from Texas two years ago where there are no seasons. It's summer <laughs> year-round. So we're just, like, basking in all the glorious colors and all of that. I can't even imagine. We got to go and see Lisa's home uh, this summer, and, like, I can't even imagine what your, like, property looks like right now. With oh, all it's the, my favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. man. We moved here basically because we needed seasons like that was (laughs) that was the big reason so i
1: i like the four distinct seasons because i really love the weather change and each season seems to bring something exciting that's just for that season yeah i really like it so i love it but fall's my favorite we have fall right
0: now time change comes that's not my favorite fall back is not my favorite because it's like dark at four but you're on the eastern time zone so it's not quite the, right, quite the but
1: same. I think they're going to do away with. They are. The That's what I heard. Changing, yeah. right? Yeah, uh,
0: Not this year. Not okay, this, when next when is, year? I think. Okay. I think we'll spring forward and stay springing forward. Okay. And that will that be would great. Be
1: great. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's wild because we're right on the line where the time change happens, so it gets dark at like four o'clock here wow. in the winter time. Very it's early. crazy, yeah. but uh, just after the time changes something really exciting is happening, and that is, guys, this book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Lisa's got coming out on November 8th, and so we're so excited to get to talk with you a little bit about this. We also want to talk to you about your family, and because you have a big adoptive family, we have a big adoptive family, <laughs> you know, you've got older kids, we've got older kids, it's just awesome to, uh, you know, to get to talk to other people
1: yeah. about that kind
0: of thing and just see, yeah. because I, I, you know, we follow you on Instagram, we follow you on all the social media and it just looks like you have such a beautiful relationship with all of your kids. Thank and you. even though they're grown, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's really fun. I think they live all pretty close by to you. Is they that right? do.
1: One just moved to Dallas. So, um, wow. and then one lives in Fayetteville only about two, two and a half hours yeah. away. Okay. Um, the rest are all in Charlotte, but I feel like they're all coming home quite often. Yeah. And um I love a full busy yeah. loud chaotic house. <laughs> <laughs> we were that's just awesome. we actually
0: just filmed a podcast with all of our kids, well all but two of our kids. And we were asking them what their favorite thing is about having a big family and that's what they said I was like we just love that there's always someone to hang out with, something to do, you know, there's it's never a dull moment and I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. I, I kind of love that. So. This
1: is true about my family. There is never a dull moment. <laughs> we say about ourselves, we're just a lot. Yeah. We're I just love a it. lot. I love it. I feel it. that. I, I feel it. that a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the book. Uh, we'll just jump right into it because um, I'm so excited about this. You told us that you were in the middle of getting ready to, this was like the day before you announced the title, I think. Probably. Whenever we were at your house yes. for breakfast that day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot's happened since then. It's getting ready to come out. Like, what's your hope for this book? Why did you write it? What do you want to see happen with it? And, well,
1: uh, I think relationships are really, really wonderful, incredible, awesome mm-hmm. until they're not.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's for sure.
1: <laughs> and I started feeling quite powerless in some relationships that I knew needed to change. Mm-hmm. And yet, because I couldn't change the other person, I felt like change wasn't possible. Mm. And I was starting to get to that place where I was saying things like, I just can't take it anymore, Mm. or I have nothing left to give in this relationship. The problem was, I wanted those relationships to be healthy, but I couldn't be the only one pursuing help. Mm. And so then I tried the wrong tactic. I tried putting boundaries on the other people. Mm that I felt needed to change. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I quickly learned that's the most frustrating thing in the world Mm -hmm. because you can't make another person change if they are unwilling or incapable of changes. It's kind of like if you had a cardiac event today, which we pray you don't, but if you did, we could sustain your life using external chest compressions Mm -hmm. for a little while. But eventually if your heart doesn't quicken and start beating on its own, mm. life is not sustainable. Mm. And the same thing is true with other people. We may be able through external pressure to try to, you know, make them change. We we may may accomplish temporary behavior modification. Mm. But lasting sustainable changes will not be possible just using external pressure. Mm. And so the mistake I was making is I kept trying to put boundaries on other people, hoping that that pressure of the boundary would motivate them to change. And it became so frustrating that that's what led me to feel so powerless. Nothing I was trying worked. Hmm. So I wrote this book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, out of my struggle, not my strength. And what I learned is you really can't... Put boundaries on another person hoping to fix them, change them, Mm. or make them more responsible in the relationship. Mm. We have to put the boundary on ourselves Mm. so that we can become safe, we can become self-controlled, and we can stay sane in the process.
0: I love that. What does that look like practically for You as a mom, what does that look like practically for you as a boss? I mean, you've got a humongous ministry in Proverbs 31 ministry that a lot of people work for you and work with you, and you're doing incredible things in the world. I mean, there's obviously so many facets in the world from friendship to like, what does that look like practically? Obviously, people can pick up the book and see kind of the nuts and bolts of that, but I would love to hear specifically as a parent, you know, because obviously we're we're just a couple steps behind you on some of this stuff and we love to learn, you know, as much as we can. I know that people who are watching this would love to see what does that look like in their life um, with maybe some of the relationships that they're struggling with. How can you draw those boundaries in a way that it's healthy for you?
1: Yeah, it needs to be healthy for you and it needs to be for the sake of love in the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, when a relationship gets so frazzled and fractured because of the chaos of not appropriate boundaries um then the worst of who i am is going to start being front and center in that dynamic and i don't want the worst of who i am Mm -hmm. to be what my kids see what my friends see what Mm -hmm. people in the world see of me i Mm want to love others well without losing the best of who i am Mm -hmm. so boundaries give me every fighting chance now here's the complication it's very easy to say, oh, I want to draw boundaries, but this is with my adult child.
2: Mm-hmm. Or
1: I want to draw boundaries, but this is my mom. This is my sister. This is my best friend. Right. This is my boss, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when relationships are, you don't have as much invested in them, we are much better at boundaries. We're good, right. most of us, at boundaries with strangers, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. And some of the surface relationships in our life. Mm -hmm. But the more we invest in that relationship, the more we realize that our feelings are often going to get in a way of the boundary. So here's what I encourage you to do. Take this person and temporarily, we're not stripping them of their title, but just temporarily remove the title and just set it on the shelf Mm. and look at the dynamic that's happening in that, the chaos that's happening in that relationship Mm -hmm. and decide if this person was just a regular average everyday person I was interacting with, what boundaries are needed. Mm -hmm. So you have the boundaries now, now put the title of that person back here and ask yourself some questions. Do I have certain responsibilities Mm -hmm. that require my boundaries be adjusted? Um, What, which part of these boundaries are I am am I resisting mm-hmm. because I'm afraid if I draw a boundary with this person that they will abandon me mm-hmm. that they will stop interacting with me mm-hmm. that they will reject me in some way that they'll be disappointed in me mm-hmm. and then we have to ask ourselves the question what am I getting from this other person that I fear I cannot live without. Mm. You see, that's really where the entanglements of people-pleasing is that's so close to the good boundaries and goodbyes discussion. I used to think that I was a people-pleaser, especially with the people close to me, right, because I wanted to keep the other person happy. But I realized that I was trying to keep other people happy because I was afraid they would take from me what I very much felt I couldn't live without getting from that other person. Wow. And I think we will always desperately want from other people what we fear we will never get from God. Mm. Oh wow. That's really good. You see, if I'm afraid that that person will abandon me, if I draw a healthy boundary, that person may abandon me if I don't draw a healthy boundary. Right. right. They have the propensity to abandon me. And I know that therefore healthy boundaries are actually very needed in that dynamic. But I also have to realize that if that person abandons me because I draw a healthy boundary, that dynamic is not set up for Mm help. And maybe I am begging to get from that person some kind of acceptance that really I should have from the Lord himself. Yeah. And I need to live from acceptance, not beg others for acceptance. Yeah, right. that's good. And I think it's really important for us to make some honest assessments, not just about what the other person is doing, mm-hmm. but some honest assessments of what maybe we are doing to contribute to the dysfunction of the relationship.
0: Yeah, that's I love that. I love that you're defining boundaries, like giving a practical definition to that word, mm-hmm. because I think that... Uh, People use that word a lot to mean various things, and mm-hmm. it's like a lot of words someone will catch on to it, and then everyone says it because I mean a lot of words have become like something that's clinical and real, but now it just means something that i don't that I don't like about you, you know right, and so we'll just start throwing out words. I love that you're defining boundaries in a way that is a accurate um healthy, helpful, right. and not just uh. Not just used as like a barrier Mm -hmm. to distance myself from people, but to actually invite real change, real heart change. I mean, I love that you're you're talking in those words because rather than using the word boundary as a weapon, you're using it as an invitation, and that's really cool.
1: Boundaries aren't meant to shove others away. Boundaries are so that I can hold myself together, Mm -hmm. and I can remain self-controlled, I can remain sane, and I can remain safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think where we start to get pretty wonky in boundaries is when we're using them inappropriately. A boundary Mm -hmm. should never be used as a weapon. A boundary should never be used to try to control or manipulate another person. Mm -hmm. And a boundary should absolutely not be used as punishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think because we've experienced other people using boundaries against us in that way, sometimes we can just say, oh, boundary, that means, you know, a terrible fracture in the relationship, when in reality, a boundary is just clear communication inside the relationship of what is and is not acceptable, what we will and will not tolerate, and what we can and cannot give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced more relationships die, not because we attempt to have those hard conversations and they don't go well, but rather because we refuse to have the conversations that were so very needed, but never had. Yeah.
0: It's interesting on the, on the way here today, um, I feel like we were passing like so many cops, just maybe 30 cops had pulled someone over. Even just as we were pulling out of our neighborhood, there were three cops waiting to get people who were speeding and, you know, it's a 40 mile an hour speed limit and that goes to a 50 mile an hour speed limit. And, you know, if you're going, but the idea is that like people, even in that sense, there's this boundary and it's there for their good. It's a speed limit. It's to prevent chaos, prevent maybe even like devastating things from happening. That's right. It's not know? a
1: speed suggestion. Right. It is a speed
0: limit. Exactly. <laughs> and, but the idea is like, I can't run 40 miles an hour, you know, I can't. I can't ride a bike 40 miles an hour. Maybe if I've got one of those e-bikes or something that I can like pedal really fast and it gives me that a little extra edge or whatever. But you know, the limit is like to say, okay, we're going to give you this privilege of being able to drive and you can go this fast. And if, as long as you're going this fast and everyone's abiding by the same rules, then we can have peace here. And whenever somebody does not then the potential for things to really go wonky, really fast gets, you know, you know, I, 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 um, I it speak in a way so way. complicated. So you, right. you wrote the, uh, uh, one of the, um, what's it called? Endorsement. Name? endorsements. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not in some uh, for my book. And I have a story in there about, there's a time that I was driving, I think 93 and a 70 <laughs> and, uh, got put on probation for two years. And so that's like, when you learn your lesson, like, oh yeah, that's not a suggestion. Like this is actually, uh, if I'm not careful and I don't slow down, uh, Bad things can happen. There can be a lot of collateral damage. I think there's something to be said, too, about the intentionality, which is a a word we use a lot on here because it's marriage and it's family and it's parenting and it's friendships and all that. Like That can't happen without intentionality. That's right. And so a boundary is a very intentional way of saying, hey, I want the best for this. I want order. I want peace. I want love. And I I just think that that's so, so great. You – um you've been really vocal. well wait Sorry. before yeah. we skip on because yeah. i, I yeah. really
1: love this police pulling people over i'm, I'm sad for the people that got a ticket today sure. yeah. but mm-hmm. i i really like that you're drawing attention to this and here's why imagine if the policemen were there those three policemen and imagine if they were just standing on the corner yelling at people <laughs> you better slow down right yeah. now right. do you think people would really slow no. down no, right. no people slow down because of the pain yeah. of the consequence of not slowing down yes. and that is a ticket exactly and we have to remember my counselor says boundaries without a consequence are nothing but a bad suggestion yes and a suggestion that will be ignored yeah and so the time to think of our boundaries and the consequences for violated boundaries is not in the heat of the moment when emotion is driving the bus mm-hmm. but we have to think about them in advance. we have to plan for them, and we have to realize if we implement this boundary, then we are establishing a consequence for a crossed boundary, not as a punishment, hmm. but as a way to show this is not a suggestion, this is a limitation. Yeah. But we also have to face the fact that we may ourselves, because we establish this boundary, suffer some consequences right. Right? and we have to count the cost. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that we are willing to hold fast to that boundary. And certainly we can shift boundaries as people, you know, change and, and things get healthier in relationships, but we don't need to use our boundaries also as a threat, right. hoping to create healthier, healthier dynamics. We need to also have consequences for cross boundaries so that people take us seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
0: You mentioned uh, this where I was headed with this, actually your counselor, and um you've kind of been on this counseling journey you have started your own podcast actually yes talk talk about that a little bit and talk about how you kind of because you know counseling can be a little bit of like a oh, you know in the church people no no like I, it gets frustrating because it's like no jesus is enough you know whatever and it's like yes jesus is enough but uh i'm not gonna like if i have a broken arm be like i'm just gonna you know think good thoughts about Jesus in my arm. I mean, he may choose to fix my arm, but mm-hmm. if there's some real trauma there and real brokenness there that I need to address, I'm going to go to a, a professional to help me with that. And he may give and, you wisdom
1: to say, yes. go to this doctor right? that can help you do what's necessary to keep your arm stable yes. and safe, yes, right? Yes,
0: exactly. So in your own journey, you've been through a lot. Uh, I think that would be Fair to say, a lot over the last few years, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can go into that as much as you want to. Um, But like, what what did that look like for you to say? You know, I need someone to kind of guide me through some of this, and bring that into you know therapy and theology. And how does that look for you? And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's obviously a big part of this too. Is like
1: the passion
0: about how to help people kind of navigate these things that are really complicated and maybe aren't as clear cut in the Bible as maybe we want to make. You know, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I really believe in love. I believe in relationships. I believe in God establishing that we are to love God and love other people. I believe in all of that. Love should be what draws us together, not what tears us apart. Mm -hmm. And in my marriage relationship, um, it was a very challenging situation that um, I believe at times both of us really fought hard to change and to save the relationship. Um, But at some point, I realized I couldn't be the only one fighting for healthy changes. Mm. And the relationship became unbiblical, and it became unsustainable. Mm. And it was such a painful process for me And if you're going through relational trauma, the one thing I would say, first and foremost, don't go at it alone. Mm. Because if you isolate, you will start to become almost like an echo chamber of the issues. And you can become so consumed with the problems that you don't even see a a ray of hope inside of that. Mm. And so I had to have, some wise people speaking into this. And so I found a counselor that was specifically trained in partner trauma Mm. and who had enough brokenness in his past where he understood both sides of some of the issues he understood being addicted to certain things in inside of um, his own trauma and the addictions were dramatically affecting his wife. And the addictions had to be addressed and his wife, you know, really got the help that she needed too. So Mm -hmm. I found an amazing Christian counselor and he was specifically trained in the exact thing that I needed help. And he had healed brokenness. He had quote done his own work. Right. And that's a beautiful combination. And I Mm -hmm. think he was there not necessarily to tell me what to think, to give me a lot to think about Mm. and to really help me become more self-aware and help pull the discernment I was having inside of me, help pull it out of me. And he would oftentimes point to the answers that I already knew, but I just didn't have the confidence or the awareness to be able to implement them. Mm. And so I definitely would recommend to get wise friends to do the journey with you and to really pay attention to getting a good counselor. Now, here's where Therapy and Theology, the podcast that I started, comes in. I was hearing from so many people, I can't find a counselor in my area. I don't think I could trust a therapist. I don't have the finances for ongoing therapy. And I thought, I can't solve everyone's problem and get them to therapy, but maybe I can bring some therapy and solid theology to them. And so I always tease Dr. Joel Mutamale brings the the absolute wonderful solid theology to the table, and Jim Cress, my personal counselor, um, he brings the training of the therapy, and I bring the issues.
2: And that.
1: so <laughs> we it. are a really good combination, <laughs> and I get a lot of free theological help and therapeutic help as I'm recording the podcast. I love that. And it's very very common for me to be going on and on about something and Jim just kind of (laughs) nods at me and he says, Lisa, are you open to a thought? (laughs) And sometimes I say yes and I'm just getting therapy right there on the podcast. And sometimes I say, nope, not today. (laughs) Not open to that thought We don't have
0: time for that. (laughs) Um, But here's
1: the really important thing. Healthy people attract healthy people. Yeah. Unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. Yeah. And I recognized if I sat in my brokenness, then I would only attract people that mm-hmm. were also very broken. Mm-hmm. And I wanted more for myself. I knew God wanted more for me. And so when I experienced the death of my marriage, which is what I now call divorce, it's really a death of a marriage, Um, I no longer was working on the marriage. So now it was time to work on me. Mm. And I determined I wanted to be a very healthy version of me. And I was ready to work on what I had contributed, not to the destruction of our marriage, but to some of the difficulties and identify some of the trauma. You know, every trauma is fact and impact. There's the fact of what happened. The trauma is affecting you. But then there's the impact, and that is how that trauma has changed you, rearranged you, maybe broken you, yeah. and um, that's where the real work needs to happen. Mm.
2: Right. Yeah, That's so good. That's really good. I was going to say, um, I just find it so encouraging the way that you're able to transparently share with others because there are so many people that go through trauma and go through brokenness and I think get stuck in fear and they don't know how to move forward. And, you know, I've been through some very traumatic things in my past as well. And it was was the first time, like, I loved the Lord, and I was pursuing Him, and I was praying, and I was reading my Bible. But I didn't have a category for how to handle the grief that I was walking through. And so it was, that was right when I started reading your book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Mm -hmm. And it was literally like, eye-opening and life-changing for me it was like that first step forward to be able to actually kind of climb out of this pit because I did I was pretty isolated and I was unable to kind of um I don't know grieve in a healthy way it was it was just so um scary I think people get stuck in fear Mm -hmm. and so I think that your books have been just such an encouragement and an inspiration for people to kind of have that guiding light of like here's just a kind of a path forward Mm -hmm. you know Um, just for me personally, it's just been incredible to.
1: to Thank you. Thank you. You know, I did not do this intentionally at all, but my book that's coming out, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes combined with forgiving what you can't forget combined with the previous book, which is, Mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be this way. It really has, I think, unintentionally become a series Mm -hmm. and it can really these books can really guide people from the moment of discovering the great disappointment Mm -hmm. that you thought your life was going to go this way, but now it's going that way. And that's really guiding people through disappointment. Where does Mm -hmm. disappointment come from? What do we do about it? Where's the hope in disappointment? Mm -hmm. That's what it's not supposed to be this way is about. Mm -hmm. And then forgiving what you can't forget. That book is about let's really deal with the stuff. And let's get our heart, which was intended to be a beautiful place full of love and joy and expressions of mm-hmm. of God and, you know, giving people evidence of the hope in God. Yeah. And so I think forgiving what you can't forget, it's so much less about forgiving the other person mm-hmm. and doing something for the person that hurt us. And it's mm-hmm. so much more about letting God's forgiveness flow to us and then Mm -hmm. through us. And in that process, our heart starting to heal and be washed clean of what's been holding us back. And then good boundaries and goodbyes is kind of the now what. Mm -hmm. And the now what is we want healthy relationships. And so healthy relationships require healthy boundaries. Yeah, Yeah.
2: That's so, so powerful.
0: Something I would say too is, um, you know, there's this weird thing about life that is it's it's constant, constantly intermingling the beauty and the brokenness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can be so fixated on the brokenness side of it that we don't see the beauty. And mm-hmm. even whenever we're kind of looking back at the trauma that we've experienced, sometimes it's hard to not see everything through the lens of trauma and we don't see all the beauty that was there, too. Mm-hmm. And so for for you, something that I, I would just say, um, you've walked through a lot, but the, the, the beautiful things that God has done in you and through you in the midst of that, um, I just think it just says something about his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe everyone here is not listening to this and looking at the world through that kind of point of view. We're Christians, so that's, that's how we, that's what we believe. I mean, we believe the Bible says that God is faithful and that he uses all things uh, to work together for our good if we love him and are called according to his purpose. And, you know, there's something so wonderful about the fact that even if we're walking through a storm or we just got done walking through a storm or getting ready to walk through a storm, God's with us through, through all of it. He may be asleep in the boat, but he's still there and he's still stronger than the storm in the middle of it all. And And whenever we look back, you can kind of see a little bit more Um, maybe not all the time, but maybe in your, in your, in your best moments, you can kind of see the beauty of what was happening all along. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so now, you know, I look at you and, um, and just all that you're doing and to help people who are going through things. And that's just so cool because you're truly a guide for a lot of people who are walking through this stuff. Mm. And, um, and even just to look at your family and you post these pictures. And obviously we know that Instagram is the highlight reel and you know, it's not always, you know, that everyone's wearing these beautiful dresses and maybe, maybe it is. I don't, uh, but like your home is wonderful. I know you and your daughter hope like designed a lot of that together. There was a waiting period for that. I mean, we obviously we're walking through that and sometimes that waiting period feels like, gosh, is this ever, ever going to end? But, even just getting to see your home this summer, yeah, there's going to be an end to that and it's going to be this place of life and it's going to be this place of inviting people to come and share joy together and meals together and game nights together and whatever that's going to be. And so like, it's sort of like you're building this home with your life that the the process of, of waiting and the process of being frustrated and the process of, is this ever going to go, it's going to produce something beautiful in the end.
1: Yeah, it is. And and I would say when you're going through trauma, have a lot of compassion for yourself mm-hmm. and don't force yourself to try to see the good. Mm-hmm. If what you're experiencing right now, you just can't even have the energy to look for the good. Yeah. And so have a lot of compassion for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't want to hyper spiritualize things to go, you know, yes, this is hard, but. I know it'll be good right. because you may, instead of walking through the issue, you may try to leapfrog the issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you leapfrog it, then you're not experiencing real healing. Mm-hmm. And so I would say have a lot of self-compassion in that mm-hmm. process. And then also just remind yourself, this is part of my story, but this is not the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. And I have the ability to rise And, um, in time I will, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I've started practicing these little, I call them rebellious acts of resilience, you know, and, um, you know, it's been challenging. I went from this very full house of seven people, five kids and, you know, husband and, and I loved that life. I really did. Mm -hmm. And then the kids grew up and they left the home and my then husband left the home as well. And it was painful to come in that house and, mm. and to just feel more alone than I've ever felt in my mm. entire life. Mm. And so I started doing these rebellious acts of resilience. I did not feel resilient. I did not feel like becoming a phoenix that rises from the ashes, <laughs> you know, yeah. not at all. But I started listening for these two phrases, I can't and I don't. Mm. And so one time the ice maker froze over and I was just so frustrated, you know, if, if I had a person here with me that would know how to fix this, then I wouldn't have to deal with this aggravation, Mm. you know, and I can't fix this. And I just stopped myself and I Mm. said, but what if I could? Mm. And so I did a little research just went on
0: YouTube and-, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and
1: figured out how to fix the ice maker. And that's such a small thing. Yeah. But man, it felt so empowering. Yeah. And I thought I just proved to myself that I can be resilient. Mm. And then another time I was at the beach with some friends and one of my friends, she's wild and wonderful. And she grabbed a boogie board and then she handed me a boogie board and she started saying, you know, let's go jump the waves and ride the waves on our stomach all the way to the shore. And I said, (laughs) oh, no, 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 no. I don't do oceans. (laughs) (laughs) And I caught myself. Mm -hmm. I can't. I don't. Yeah. And I just thought, but what if. What if I did and what if I laughed harder than I've ever laughed in the recent history of my life? And so talk about fear. I was convinced a shark is going to eat me and a jellyfish is going to (laughs) sting me and a shell (laughs) is going to cut my foot open. Yeah. But I'm going to laugh by golly. I'm going to (laughs) laugh. And so I went out and I shocked everyone by jumping in the ocean and laughing and finding fun again with my friend. And that was a rebellious act mm. of resilience. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's really where I want people to get to in good boundaries and goodbyes. I want them to stop feeling so powerless and mm. trapped inside the dysfunctional dance of unhealthy relationships. Yeah. And I want you to remember life is so much more. And it's not that boundaries are gonna shove other people away. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are meant to hold ourselves together and boundaries help relationships avoid extremes. The extreme of getting so lost in the relationship that you completely lose the best of who you are to the opposite end of shoving people away and walking away too soon. And boundaries are the fighting chance that a relationship has to come back to the middle Mm -hmm. and let's implement some healthy patterns some healthy communication some healthy boundaries in this relationship and even boundaries can be this beautiful rebellious act of resilience mm-hmm. that can help you find again that person that you know you are in your best moments i love that so
0: good <sighs> so guys the That's book amazing. is good boundaries and goodbyes you're going to want to make sure you get this thing you can pre-order it right now it'll come out november 8th And uh, you're going to want to make sure that you get this because it's amazing. Everything I've ever read of yours is incredible. This is no different. We've been reading it together in bed at night. And uh, because we got like the little pre copy, uh, it's like a soft cover and it's awesome. It's been great. And I love that
1: you said you're reading it together because that was another one of my hopes for this book is that people who do life together will read this book together and develop a common understanding and appreciation for Desiring a healthy relationship using good boundaries. I love that.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just for making time to hang out with us a little bit. I know you've got a crazy busy schedule here in this whirlwind trip to Nashville, but it means so much that you would come spend a little time with us. uh,
1: Literally, uh, like bucket list item, (laughs) just getting to sit and talk with you. So, well, thank you. It's a real gift to me as well. Love so, it. thank you so much. Love it.
0: If you guys are not already subscribed to the What's Up, Beautiful People podcast, we would love for you to do that, whether that's here on YouTube or everywhere you listen to podcasts, be it Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts, all the other podcasts. We'd love for you to subscribe. Make sure you leave a review for us as well. You can follow us at The Miller Fam pretty much everywhere YouTube, Instagram whatever and also we're going to drop all the links where you can get the book follow lisa online as well we'd love for you to do that uh she's pretty great so you're gonna love it love you guys we'll see you next week
1: thanks guys bye